0: Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By the University of Akron. Visit areyououtthere.com. Welcome to Drive Talk. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you, on this weekend from Fenway Park in Boston. The Indians, on an off day Saturday as we record this program, are getting ready for Game Three tomorrow afternoon, Sunday afternoon, a 4:08 first pitch. The American League Division Series, changing venues with the Indians leading the series two games to none after playing outstanding baseball over the first two games, and now looking to wrap it up this best of five series here at Fenway Park in Boston. Coming up on this week's show, we will take a look back at the first two games of this American League Division Series that took place at Progressive Field Thursday night and then Friday late afternoon. We will hear from Lonnie Chisenhall talking about his big home run in game two that was a difference maker, and we will also hear from tomorrow's starting pitcher Josh Tomlin and tribe manager Terry Francona. So a lot to get to, and we'll get to it shortly as Tribe Talk gets rolling on the Cleveland Indians radio network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Fenway Park in Boston. It's the workout day Saturday afternoon as we record this. The Indians going through their paces down on the field here, taking some batting practice. They took some infield earlier, and they are getting ready for game three of the series Tomorrow, late afternoon, a 4.08 first pitch time. We'll have it for you beginning with Indians warm-up starting at 3.37. And our guest on Indians warm-up tomorrow will be Corey Kluber talking about his outstanding performance in Game 2 of the series on Friday afternoon back home. But first, to look back at the week gone by for the Tribe, and it began with Game 1 of the American League Division Series at Progressive Field on Thursday night. It was a tight Tense battle between the Indians and the favored Red Sox, according to most in the national media. But the Indians, with home field advantage, trailing one nothing, second inning. Lonnie Chisenhall came up big in the first opportunity with men in scoring position.
1: As good as the
0: pitching is on both sides, the way Boston scores runs, the Indians know they have got to be able to to be able to get in that four to five run a game range. The 0-2, swung on line drive, base hit to center. Ramirez is going to try to score. Bradley Jr.'s throw to the plate, off mark. He scores, throw to second. all in with a head first slide. We are tied at one. Lonnie all does better than move him over. He drives him in. Then the Indians trailing again in the third inning, and they got some home run power from an unlikely source. Now the payoff pitch. Swung on, hit high, deep to right. Betts is back, track, near the wall, goal! Roberto Perez goes up. he had three home runs all season. And he ties the game at two with a solo shot to right to start the Indians half of the third. Then in the third, game tied at two, the Indians unleashed the fury with the long ball. First, it was Jason Kipnis. Kipnis has had pretty good success lifetime, hitting 323 against Porcello. The wind in the 0-1. Swung on, hit high, deep to right center. There she goes. And the Indians have their first lead in the playoffs. Three to two, Tribe. A no doubt about it blast to right center by Jason Kipnis. Then Francisco Lindor. Now the 1-0 pitch. Swung on, hit high, hit deep to right, Bats at the wall, leaps, it is gone! Mob scene in the Indians' third base dugout. Back-to-back jacks. Three home runs in the inning. And pitching coach Carl Willis to the mound as the Indians have a 4-2 lead. Perez, Kipnis, Lindor all getting their first ever career postseason home runs. And coupled with the Perez home run, the Indians were in front for the first time. 4-2, to two, and with the starting pitcher Trevor Bauer running into some difficulty in the fifth inning, Terry Francona made a move that would prove to be certainly a key to the ball game. He went to Andrew Miller, one of his top relievers, in the fifth, and Miller came on and got the job done. Here's the 2-2. Swing and a miss, strike three. Got him with the slider. And the side is retired. Miller works out of it. And the Indians hang on to that one-run lead. The Red Sox do add a run on the Leon home run after four and a half. Try Tribe 4, Boston 3. Now with the Indians still in front, one-run ball game at this point, Jason Kipnis would come up with what proved to be a huge run-scoring base hit. Here's the 1-0. Swung on, line drive, base hits center field. Headed to third, being waved around is Perez. Here comes the throw, and he scores standing up. RBI single for Jason Kipnis, and the Indians are up 5-3. Andrew Miller was still on in relief in the seventh, and he was starting to settle in, facing the rookie, Andrew Benintendi, for the Red Sox. The 0-2. Swing and a Miss! He just blew away Benintendi. Two down. Here comes Tito Francona. Miller will get a thunderous ovation. What a job he did tonight getting six outs in parts of three different innings. And he'll leave with two down in the seventh. And the Indians up five to three. Listen to this crowd as he comes to the third base dugout. Miller's night was done after 40 pitches, and as a result, the Indians needed to turn to Cody Allen earlier than normal. Allen came on in the eighth inning in a jam, and he was facing a tough hitter in Red Sox shortstop, Sander Bogarts. Now the 2-2 pitch. Check swing, he went around, strike three, got him on a curveball. Perez dug it out, tagged out Bogarts. The Indians have struck out 11 Red Sox tonight. And Cody Allen rises to the challenge. Middle of the eighth, five to 5-4, Cleveland leads Boston. Then it was on to the ninth inning, and Allen was able to close it down, retiring Dustin Pedroia to give the Indians the 5-4 to four win. It's not paramount to win game one in a five-game series. But boy, when you're the home team, winning game one is Mammoth. Almost puts you in a must-win tomorrow if you lose. The payoff pitch. Check swing, pitch in the dirt. Appeal at first. Throw by Perez to first. It's a strikeout! It's a ball game! Pedroia screaming at first base up. Phil Cousy. Here comes John Farrell. A curveball in the dirt. Pedroia a check swing on the appeal at first because he raised the right arm and hand Perez through to first to complete the strikeout Pedroia and Farrell not happy with the call and a look at the replay he definitely went around and Cody Allen gets a five out save and the Indians have won Game 1 in the division series by a final score of 5-4. to four. And the hearts stopped all over Northeast Ohio awaiting the appeal call. When we come back, we'll hear from two of the stars from Game 1. Closer, Cody Allen and Tribe catcher Roberto Perez. That's next as we continue with Tribe Talk from Fenway Park in Boston after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. We're at Fenway Park in Boston. The Indians and Red Sox preparing for Game 3 of this best-of-five American League Division Series. Tribe up two games to none after sweeping the first two at Progressive Field. Game 1, a thriller, a 5-4 Tribe win. They needed a five-out save from Cody Allen, and he got the job done. And following that game, he stopped by to visit with the radio broadcast team. Cody, this is game one. Can your heart take any more of this? You know what? We'll uh, we'll recover
2: tonight. We'll go do <laughs> what we need to
0: do. We'll show up tomorrow be ready to go. <laughs> Cody, you had to know when Andrew Miller came on early that you were going to have to go more than one inning. That had to come into your thought process.
2: Yeah, we all, we all knew that we were going to try and piece it together any way we could. Uh, Tito had talked to... All of us, you know, uh, Dan, myself, Brian, and uh, Andrew, and just kind of told us like, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna try and piece it together. Uh, if we got a lead and we uh, we feel like we can match up from the rest of the game, then we're gonna try and do it. We were all on board with it, so I mean, it worked out tonight. Uh, defense made some unbelievable plays. We got some big hits from the offense. Uh, I was pretty much just throwing breaking balls in the dirt back there, where Roberto was just swallowing them all up.
3: So yeah, it, what it a job, job
0: by Roberto and Cody. The problem facing this Boston lineup is, even like tonight, Sandy Leon and Andrew Benintendi go deep. There's just not an, a soft out in that lineup.
2: You know, I mean, they they have a relentless offense, but uh, I think we showed so do we. I think they were first in the league in run scored and we were second. Um, so, I mean, you know, we, this is what we kind of figured it would be. You know, there's no real breaths uh, to take at any point in the lineup. Um, you know, we had two outs right there, and Benintendi was able to put a good swing on a breaking wall, put it in the hole, and then you turn the lineup over, and then you got a dangerous guy like Dustin Droy who's going to just battle you to the very end. So uh, it was a good ball game. We're glad we came out on
0: top. And it's long at-bats against this team. How It seemed like you took your time and went back behind the mound a couple of times. How important is that to, to do that?
2: You can't, you know, you just cannot take any pitches off if you're second-guessing yourself on what to throw, you know, take take some time because when, you know, if you don't take a pitch serious or if you just kind of go with what's out there instead of really just trying to think things through, then they're going to hurt you. You know, that's a very professional club over there, and they put up very professional at-bats one through nine for the whole ball game. So it's uh, it's a grind for 27 outs.
0: Hey, congratulations. Your first postseason save, and it was just a walk in the park. Yeah, yeah I'll take another <laughs> one tomorrow. Great job, Cody. Thanks, guys. Also a big key for the Indians, the work of catcher Roberto Perez, not only blocking balls in the dirt throughout the game, doing a great job defensively, but he hit a home run in his first postseason at-bat, first time that's ever happened for a Cleveland Indians player in postseason history. And when we had a chance to catch up with him a day later, he said, well, it wasn't the easiest dealing with postseason pressure in his first game, but he was able to get through it and perform well.
3: Oh, man, you know what? I, I I had a lot of emotions, you know, going to that game, uh, you know, first playoff game, uh, talking to Napoli about, you know, playoff time since he's been here before in that situation. So, you know, he was just trying to tell me, you know, don't try to put a lot of pressure on yourself. Just go out and play the same game. Um, just control your emotions and have good a and And uh, that's what I was trying to do last night.
0: First at bat, a home run. Hard to control the emotions while you're running around the bases. Oh man,
3: uh, I mean, I, I think I, I, you know, through two count. I was just trying to put the ball in play. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been, I've been feeling a lot better uh, since the beginning of the year. Um, so it, it, it was, it was nice to see, you know, the ball, you know, got out. So it was, it was really emotional. Uh, I mean, I it, I was, I, I couldn't describe the feeling, so I was just, it was an awesome win.
0: And your legs put you in a great position to score what proved to be the winning run. <clears throat> you tag up from first to second on a fly ball, the outfield, and then score on a base hit. You're not known as a speedster, but a lot of times it, it's strategy and knowing what's happening, and, and explain what allowed you to tag up successful.
3: Um, You know, uh, like I say, you know, uh, as soon as uh, Santana hit, you know, the ball was carrying last night pretty well, so... Uh, you know that ball, that deep fly ball. You know, I got to the warning track. Probably, uh, Benintendi. Probably, he hesitated. He didn't think I was going to go. But I, I took a chance. You know, uh, I think it, this game is about um, getting an extra base on, uh, on the base running side. Um, you know, I was I was glad to uh, get to second base and then score on Kidney single.
0: Roberto Perez joining us, tribe catcher. Great work throughout the game blocking balls in the dirt. Whoever was on the mound, and, and certainly in the ninth inning it was key with a, a runner on base. Things that you do in spring training throughout the year to be consistent back there, blocking balls, and then how that transfers to the pitchers on the mound. Very important for every pitcher to know that he can throw a ball in the dirt and, and you're going to stop it.
3: I think that's why, you know, uh, going into spring training, I think uh, Sandy does a pretty good job with us, uh, with every catcher, you know, a routine, of blocking balls, you know, throwing the bases, those things, you know, uh, now that it matters, you know, we're in the playoff, and uh, you know, you, you just gotta be ready for those moments. You, you never know if it's a ball in the dirt, you know, the guy advanced to third base, you know, like last night uh, with Ham- Hamley Ramirez hitting. Um, but uh, I just want to be back there for them, for them, and uh, I want to give them confidence that they can throw anything that they're with runs on third base. I mean, I, was, I will be back there for them. So that, that was, a, I mean, huge for us, and I was able to block those balls. So it was a huge win for us too, uh, last night.
0: A tremendous postseason debut. Roberto, thanks for coming by. Enjoy the day
3: today. Yeah, thank you.
0: That's Tribe catcher Roberto Perez, who's off to a real nice start in the first two games of this American League Division Series. So a tight, tense battle in Game 1, a 5-4 Tribe win. Game 2, a little bit different story. But the same result, a Tribe victory. And we'll have the highlights from Game 2 that took place Friday afternoon after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians radio network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Fenway Park in Boston. Great to have you with us as it's an off day in the American League Division Series. The Indians working out on this Saturday afternoon at Fenway Park, getting ready for game three of the series. Josh Tomlin will make the start for the Indians against a former college teammate, Clay Buchholz. For the Red Sox, it is win or go home. The Indians trying to end it on Sunday afternoon, a 4 first pitch time, and we'll have it for you starting with Indians warm-up at 3:37. Indians are in this position thanks to great pitching from Corey Kluber in game two of the series, a 6-0 Shutout win for the tribe. And prior to the game, an already jacked up Indians home crowd. They had a special treat as they heard from one of Cleveland's most popular athletes, LeBron James.
1: You guys are unbelievable! Cleveland, let me hear you! On behalf of myself and my teammates right here, we're here for these guys over here. Just like you guys were behind our back through our championship run, we all have to rally together for their championship run tonight for game two. believe some Cleveland it's always us against the world always us against the world
4: Cleveland against the world let's go
0: and it didn't take long for the Indians to parlay that emotion into an early lead facing one of the best in the American League on the mound for the Red Sox David Price but Brandon Guyer came to the plate with a chance to put the tribe in front in the second inning on field straight up medium deep the pitch Swung on a little looping liner into left center. It drops base hit. Santana around third. He'll score. Ramirez into third with a head first slide. And Geyer comes through again. A little looping liner over Ramirez. Uh, Bogart's headed short and into left center. And the Indians have a 1 0 lead. Santana scores from second. Jose Ramirez ends up at third, and Brandon Guyer, in his first postseason at bat with the Cleveland Indians, has come through. Then in the third inning, Indians up 1-0. Lonnie Chisenhall, who got the start as a left-handed hitter against the left-hander Price because of some past success against Price, well, he came to the plate with two men on. Now the 2-1 pitch to Chisenhall. A Swing and a drive. Deep right. Down the line. Go off the top of the wall. No. It is now called a home run. The Red Sox may challenge it. A three-run laser down the right field line by Lonnie Chisinau. It ricocheted back onto the field. He's getting mobbed in the Indians' dugout. John Farrell thought about challenging the call. And now he walks back down into the dugout. It is a three-run home run for Lonnie Chisinau. Just did clear the wall down the right field line. And it's 4-0 Indians. And from there, the Indians continue to tack on. In the fourth inning, it was Jason Kipnis coming through again. Long set and the pitch. Swung on, line drive, left center. That gets down for a base hit. Headed for third, being waved around Perez. Here's the throw, it's cut off. Perez scores, and Kipnis comes through again. An RBI single for Kipnis, and it's 5-0 Tribe. And all of this was in support of Corey Kluber, who was just tremendous. Two and two, the count on Bradley. Kluber from the stretch. Here's his pitch, swing and a miss, strike three, breaking ball, strikes out Bradley, side retired. We head to the bottom half of inning number five here at Progressive Field, it's the Tribe Five, Boston nothing. And not only was Kluber outstanding, had a little help from his defense as well. Here's Brock Holt, one for two with a single, bangs one to first, kicks off Napoli to Kipnis, throws to Kluber, got him! What a play! Just your routine pinball. Three, four, one on the out at first. Boston Bay challenged the call again. Holt banged it on the ground to first. Napoli went with a backhand. Caromed off his glove to Kipnis. The second baseman threw to Kluber on the run for the out at first as Kipnis made a bare hand grab and throw. And the out will stand, and they're on their feet roaring again. Indians would add one more run in the sixth inning on an Rajay Davis sacrifice fly, and then it was Kluber cruising through the seventh. Here's Benintendi. Pops up the first pitch, shallow left. Down the line go Ramirez and Lindor. Coming on the left fielder, Brandon Guyer, makes the catch in shallow left near the foul line. And avoids colliding with Lindor and Ramirez. What a job by Corey Kluber as he cruises through the seventh. Stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. With the score, the Cleveland Indians, six, and the Boston Red Sox, nothing. Now, Kluber did work into some trouble in the eighth inning and was pulled from the ball game by manager Terry Francona. He brought on Dan Otero, who once again proved that he has been one of the more reliable relievers that not many people know about in the major leagues this year. I know one thing. These folks in Cleveland need a day off tomorrow. No baseball <laughs> until Sunday when we greet you from Fenway, but this crowd has been electric in back-to-back games. Otero's ready. Here it comes. A swing and a bouncing ball up the middle. Lindor gloves it, runs, steps on second. Innings over, and Dan Otero comes through again. And Corey Clover finishes with seven shutout innings. We go to the bottom of the eighth inning. Cleveland six and Boston nothing. And in the ninth, there was more outstanding defense from the Tribe, this time on the infield. The pitch. Swung on, grounded toward first. Diving to the line, Napoli has it. Gets up, runs to the bag for the out. What a play by the big man. Diving to the line, Napoli robs Ramirez of an extra base hit. Two down in the ninth inning. And the Indians' defense has certainly outplayed the Red Sox' defense here today. And in the end, it was Brian Shaw with A bullpen that was taxed the night before, closing things out for the Indians. Six runs, nine hits for the Indians. Nothing on three hits for the Red Sox. The highest scoring team in baseball at five and a half runs a game has been shut down today. The pitch swung on a little looping fly. Shallow center Davis coming in. Makes the catch. Ball game. And the Indians have a two games to none lead in the division series, shutting down the Boston Red Sox today by a final score of six to nothing. After the game, Brandon Geyer, who had a big day at the plate, stopped by and talked about another tribe win in the playoffs. Brandon, a, a terrific game by you. And, and so many times, that first run you score sure seems
5: to to open up the door, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, with a guy like Kluber on the mound, uh, any runs you can get for him is huge. So, uh, you know, glad I could help the team out early. And then, you know, right behind me, Lonnie had that huge hit, uh, three-run home run. So, uh, you know, any time against a pitcher like that in Price, uh, you can put up some runs, uh, it's huge. You mentioned David Price, a former teammate.
0: Anything gained by that whatsoever against a, a very good pitcher?
5: Yeah, no, he's a great pitcher, man. He, uh, You know, today we, uh, like like my hit, you know, I I found some grass out there, but uh, we had some hits like that off of him, and then Lonnie obviously had that that huge hit, but, um, you know, the game of baseball is weird. Sometimes we'll get those those hits, sometimes we won't, but uh, we did today, and I'm glad we can get a win. Brandon, so many guys on this Indians team
0: have never played in postseason baseball. As you know, this is still a, a relatively very young ball club, and yet, you get the sense being around you guys the last two days, there weren't really any nerves, so to speak, or if you guys did have it, you did a great job of concealing it. just seemed like business as usual.
5: Yeah, no, I mean, for, for me personally, it, it didn't, you know, the crowd was great and everything, but, you know, I tried to psych myself uh, into the mindset that it's just another game, and, you know, that's how I went into it. Um, so, And I think a lot of the other guys are doing that, too, so uh, it shows with the quality at-bats and, you know, how our pitchers are pitching, and uh, like I said, to go to Boston up 2-0 is huge. And
0: uh, maybe along those lines, Brandon, a lot going on pregame with LeBron James and the Cavaliers here. What do you think of that whole spectacle? How quickly were you able to just focus on the game?
5: Yeah, that was awesome. I didn't know that was happening, and uh, to see that, that uh, it got me fired up, so I know it got everyone else fired up, and, uh, you know, that, yeah, that was pretty awesome. there.
0: Well, and you know as well as anybody, Brandon, in this playoff scenario, even when it looks like you're in control, Everything can change quickly, can't it?
5: Yeah, for sure, especially when you're playing a team like that. You know, they can score run, runs in bunches, and um, luckily we had Kluber on the mound, and, you know, whoever it is on the mound for us, we have we have all the confidence in the world, but, hey, that's a great team. So, you know, you got to get your wins when you can, get your runs when you can, and just build on that.
0: Well, Brandon, great job today, and thanks so much for joining us. Okay, thank you. So the Indians left town and headed to Boston with a two-games-to-none lead, again, off day today as they are working out at Fenway Park as we speak. And then it's on to Game 3 Sunday afternoon. We'll have a preview of that ball game in our final segment after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. (music) Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment this weekend from Fenway Park in Boston. The Indians with their off day in the American League Division Series. They're at Fenway Park for the between games, workout day, and they will get back into action trying to wrap up the series in Game 3 Sunday afternoon, a 4.08 first pitch time with an airtime for Indians warm-up of 3.37. And we'll visit with Corey Kluber on Indians warm-up tomorrow afternoon after his outstanding seven-plus innings of shutout baseball and a 6 nothing Tribe win in Game 2. On the offensive side in Game 2, it was Lonnie Chisenhall's three-run home run that was a huge key. As he got the start against left-hander David Price, and Chisenhall has handled Price well throughout his career. He's had some success against him, and uh, the home run, more success against Price. And he he said it, nothing in particular that he was looking for at the plate. Just trying to find a good pitch to hit.
6: Not necessarily. Um, you know, he's so aggressive and he's around the zone. Uh, you know, uh, most of his most of his pitches are firm. You know, so you're looking out or I was looking out over the plate right there. You know, fortunately, I was able to react on a ball in and uh, keep it fair.
0: And you've been in the playoffs before in 13, had a little bit of success there. Seems like you're really relaxed here these first couple of games of this year's playoffs. That, That little bit of experience help you?
6: Yeah, I believe so. Um, you just try to keep everything as normal as possible. Your pregame routines, your your batting practice, your defensive work, everything. You want you want it to normalize everything. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on around you. Uh, you know, you getting tugged a few different places, but you want to make sure that the game is the most important thing and that you're ready for it.
0: And with that said, obviously the the crowds are larger. They're they're more vocal. You hit the home run what's your reaction going around the bases do you even remember it
6: not too much i remember seeing the ball go out um, and uh... i got around the bases pretty quickly or uh... it it felt quick so you know i don't remember a whole lot about it i remember you know the ball came off the bat well and you know we scored some runs early and that that was uh... that was a good thing especially with kluber on the mound
0: you mentioned that corey kluber on the mound and. a little uncertainty because he hadn't been out there in a while, but maybe there shouldn't be uncertainty because it's Corey Kluber, and and we were out there in right field, and, and he has it rolling like he had on Friday. Uh, what do you look at in, in terms of how effective he can be?
6: You know, after he knocked off a little bit of rust early on, you know, he, he was doing the same thing he does. You know, two seam cutter curve ball, moving the ball to both sides. You know, back door and righties, front hip and lefties. Um, it's always fun to play defense when he's pitching. There's uh, not too much to do usually, and yesterday was a, a great example of it. It was a huge game, and he came up big for us, and you know I, I wasn't surprised at all.
0: Indians played well down the stretch, earned home field advantage, it paid off. Two straight wins at Progressive Field, now Fenway Park for Game Three, uh, a ballpark that you've played in plenty of times before. What's the key to, to playing good baseball here?
6: You know, you, you just got to tune everything out. You know, we home field advantage is what it is, and they have it tonight, so. You know, you go out there and you play your game. You know, you play aggressive. You play with heart. You make sure you hustle and do everything the right way. And, you know, at the end of the day, everything, you know, we can be okay with whatever happens, you know, as long as we do all the right things and, you know, we err on the aggressive side.
0: All right, Lonnie, nice going on Friday. Thanks. Thanks. That's Indians outfielder Lonnie Chisenhall talking about a big game, two for him personally and for the ball club as the Indians defeated the Red Sox at Progressive Field Friday afternoon by a final score of 6-0. So it's on to Sunday, and Josh Tomlin will get the start for the Tribe tomorrow afternoon against his former college teammate in junior college, Clay Buckholes. And Josh Tomlin and Terry Francona met with the media on Saturday afternoon to talk about Game 3 coming up on Sunday. And Josh talked about that relationship with Clay Buckholes, his opponent on the mound, on Sunday afternoon.
4: Yeah, a shortstop. shortstop, um, he ended up coming in but um, he ended up playing right field, and I played short, and he was probably a better pitcher than I was at the time. So um, he was a starter, and then the days he didn't start, he played right, and I played short. Was that a
5: friendly competition, or how, how did that go with you two guys both going for the same position? And...
4: Yeah, it was a, we didn't know each other at the time, so there was no – I didn't find out about the story that our uh, junior college coach told until uh, the year after I left, that uh, he came in and said I'd, I'd play right field or – and, and just pitch but um so i didn't find out about that till later but yeah it was a friendly competition it wasn't um it was just about what made our team better so josh what's this like knowing i mean you guys are up 2-0 you know, coming in this park um uh, when we spoke at the end of the season you talked about you know how cool it would be to pitch here how cool it would be to pitch here under these circumstances now um i think it's really cool because of the situation we're in but the, um we can't get complacent. We're not getting complacent. It's about going out there and handling our business tomorrow, um, trying to win a game and uh, not let them back in it. We know how good they are. And um, so we can't get complacent and um, just kind of go through the motions and expect to win. we got to go out there and play our style of baseball to take each at each a bat, each pitch at a time, and um, just play our style of baseball and see what happens.
0: Is pitching here different than pitching in other ballparks?
4: Um Yes and no. I mean, you don't want to think it is, and this ballpark's unique. Um, you know, you can you can beat a guy on a pitch and jam them, and, and they go off the wall for a single or uh, stuff like that. But you can't let that the the fact that it is so unique kind of creep into your mind and, and try to do something different. Um, you just got to go out there and pitch to your strengths and um, try to just limit the damage as much as you can. Is uh, we. I mean, I understand this ballpark is unique, and this the fan base and all that stuff is, is pretty cool, pretty rowdy. It's gonna it be a, a good atmosphere to pitch in tomorrow. But um, I'm just gonna go out there and try to treat it as another game, and, and try to execute pitches and keep our team in the game. Okay. Josh did a great job. No one, no one bit you. I to get to watch this. <laughs> can I ask questions? For yes. <laughs> You know, I know Josh is sitting right here, but just what did you think of the last month that he had kind of overcome in August, you know, getting that mental break? You
1: know, I mean, the idea was to kind of give him maybe a little bit of a break. What, I don't think that's doing justice, though, when you say like a mental break, because I think what he actually did was he dug in and tried to figure out, okay, what makes me a good pitcher and why, and – I think he probably got to it quicker than the rest of us. And then he and Mickey and you know, kinda put their heads together and did some bullpen sessions. But it just for some reason and it happens, his fastball cutter usage had kind of flip flopped. You know, and I think it happens when maybe you're starting to miss your spots or you get hit a little bit and you're trying to get through an inning and it had gotten a little bit reversed. This gave him a chance to recognize that and since he's come back, he's been the guy that We've seen since he was in the rotation last year, one of the better pitchers in the American League.
6: You managed Buck Holtz in 2010, probably his best year as a pitcher in the major leagues. Uh, what made him so good that year, and do you see him as being a different pitcher now than he was in any way?
1: I, I do think he's a little bit. I think, uh, and Buck's been through a lot, you know, physically. You know he's gone to the bullpen. He's uh, he's he's met some challenges this year. I'm sure. He, pretty proud of him and if i wasn't in a different uniform i would say even more because our responsibility our challenge is to beat him tomorrow but it doesn't take away from the fondness i mean i saw this kid come up from double a make his first major league start and you know i saw lindsey in the hallway yesterday i mean i've known him since he's a pup and he's one of my favorite guys so again that doesn't mean we're not going to try to beat his brains out but it also doesn't take away from how much you think of somebody.
4: Josh kind of touched on it a little bit.
1: What is is it about this ballpark where managers never feel any lead is safe? Um, I think managers in general feel that all the time anyway, just because you're probably built to worry. (laughs) This is a pretty special place. I mean, if you like baseball, this is kind of like a cathedral. I mean, it's the way baseball, I think, a lot of people think it's supposed to be. You know, it's older, but it's beautiful. Um, there's so much history. And because of the fan base and the way they're, they're so enthusiastic and rabid, that when they start to get something going late, this place starts shaking, and you can feel it. So it's part of the game, and you need to be prepared for it because it's, you know it's going to get crazy.
0: That's Tribe Manager Terry Francona touching on a variety of subjects as the team prepares for Game 3 of their American League Division Series here in Boston against the Red Sox. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. We will join you next week. We don't know where, but we can promise you we will have a show next week. The potentials could be back home at Progressive Field at the start of the American League Championship Series. Could be on the road. Next week in Texas for the start of the American League Championship Series. The Indians obviously hoping that they will still be playing baseball this time next weekend as they are off to a very good start in this best-of-five American League Division Series against the Boston Red Sox. So until next weekend, when we join you with another edition of Tribe Talk, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network.